have your Bibles tonight, turn back to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we preached this morning, we tried to, on the idea or the thought of reprobates in the last times. Reprobate in the last times or the last days. And tonight we want to move through this chapter uh, here tonight. We'll just touch on what we spoke of this morning uh, and then we'll move forward. And in honor of God's Word tonight, if you don't mind, would you stand to your feet if you're able and we'll read 2 Timothy chapter 3 and beginning in verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and led captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these resist the truth. Men of, my, of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. And tonight, that's going to be our thought, is reprobate faith. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. Thank you for the songs that have been selected. Thank you, Lord, for gathering your people in the midst tonight of this service. I pray you anoint us with your spirit. Pray, God, you feed us with your word. Pray, God, that you'd open our eyes, our hearts tonight, that we might receive the things of God. God, help us to see for what it is. God, help us to see truth. God, help us tonight, dear God, to be able to act and live, dear God, according to the truth that we hear. Father, it might help us, dear God, to understand the age in which we live in, understand the culture, dear God, and where we're at. Father, while the world is where it's at tonight, Lord, as well, God, I pray, Father, that we would see, as Paul was speaking, the state of the church, the condition of the church when Jesus is returning. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so the first thing this morning that we, were, we tried to do was the prophecy that we have noticed that Paul is giving to us in the way he said that in the last days perilous times shall come talking about there are going to be times that are coming, times that are going to be coming further. So it's talking about something that's going to happen now and in the future. We find that that word there, uh, last, means furthest days that we've been. And so we can say tonight that Paul was talking about there's coming a day where it's further along than it's ever been before. And that could be considered today. Uh, that word also means the lowest days that we have seen. Uh, the lowest in the way things are, the lowest in the way the church is, the lowest in the way that morale is and immorality is. It's the, the furthest and the lowest. And then that word last also would mean the dangerous. And so we find that it could be the dangerous days that we've ever known, the lowest days that we've ever saw, and then the furthest that we've ever been. Today, we probably would have to agree tonight that if we look at our culture and we look at our world and we look at America and we look within our own families tonight, uh, we could say it sounds like we're in the last days. 
It seems like we've been further. We've never seen anything so low. And boy, this is dangerous. The word there, perilous, means difficult times. It means dangerous times, depressing times. We realize it's demonic times. We learn that out of Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, with the maniac from Gadara. Uh, that word there is the same word in the way perilous means fierce. And that's the way it's used in Matthew 8. It means savage as well. And so we find that the days that we live will be savage days, fierce days. It's degrading times and it's downgrading times. Meaning tonight that that word perilous is saying to you and I that there's coming a day, there's coming a time, there's coming a season, there's coming a time before Jesus returns that we're going to be reduced the strength. The strength is going to be reduced. Uh, it's going to be a time when it's hard to take, a time to hard to bear, and a time to hard to approach. We find tonight asking us a question or asking ourselves a question tonight is are we here? Are we in the last days? And if you're sitting here saying, no, we're not in the last days, that's all right. If you live long enough, we'll get there. Uh, you might say, yes, we're in the last days. I see that. The furthest we've ever been, the lowest we've ever been, the dangerous we've ever been. I see it. It's difficult, dangerous, depressing. It's downgrading and it's very much a degrading society in which we live in tonight. I would think that we're probably in the last days. I want to show you tonight with that thought that the picture that Paul is presenting here, the picture that Paul is trying to do, he's taking a snapshot. And when he takes a snapshot, he's not taking the snapshot of the world. He's not taking a snapshot of the society. He's not taking the snapshot of the culture. Now let me say this tonight, that the reason why tonight that he's taking a picture of the church and the church's condition and state that will be when Jesus returns tonight, friend, I say to you that the world and society and culture in which we live in tonight is not uh, the, the fault of theirs. It's the fault of the church. You see, we are not tonight where we are as a church because of the world. We're not where we are tonight because, of the, because the church is where it's at because of the culture. You see, tonight we want to blame. We want to, as a church tonight, to look out and say, the world is wicked so I can't live for God. We want to say, well, the culture is too evil, and so I have a hard time being a Christian. We want to say, well, you know, we look at society, and society's against God, against the Bible, against the Lord, and we want to say, because of that tonight, the church is in the condition it's not. But can I say it's backwards? The reason why the world's the shape that it's in, and the reason why the culture is in the shape that it is in, and the reason why society and people are the way they are, is because the church. If the church is what she should be, the light of the world and the salt of the earth, the world, society, and culture would not be here. Amen. That's why we are where we are tonight. It's because tonight... And Paul is bringing this picture and he's saying that inside the church there's two types of people or two groups of people. There's the professed church, those that are professing Christ. Those who say they, 
believe Jesus. They are baptized. They, they are ones who say, I believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe in creation. I believe that He died, buried, resurrected. I believe all the miracles and wonders and signs that He done. I, I believe from Genesis all the way to Revelation. I believe there's going to be a rapture. I believe there's going to be a tribulation. I believe there's going to be a millennial reign. I believe there's going to be a second coming. I believe there's going to be a judgment seat of Christ. There's going to be a white throne judgment. We believe these things we're not saying we don't believe these things. We believe all these things. But they're professing because what they believe is not what they behave. And what they say is not what they do. And it's what they are preaching is not what they're practicing. And it's what their words are saying, but their works are showing different. This is a professed church. But within the professed church... Along with them is the practicing church. The practicing of church are those who not only believe those things, but they are engaged. Uh, they are receiving of these things. They are manifesting of these things. Uh, these things that we believe in is not only in us, but come out of us, amen? And we act upon them. And we live according to what we believe. And we live according to the Word of God. It's not just what we say, it's how we live. And so we find tonight that true Christianity is not words, but it's in good works. Not that good works save you, but you're created under good works. We read it this morning. Our brother did, Brother Charles. What did it say in verse 10 of chapter 2 of Ephesians? It said uh, that we are created in Christ Jesus and ordained to walk in good works. And so we find tonight that Paul is focusing on the church. Now how we know that quickly. Uh, it says in verse 4. He mentions the lovers of God. Well the lovers of God are in the church. Believers. Christianity. He mentions number 2. Godliness. In verse 5. Godliness tonight. Is those that uh, are believers and Christians at church. He mentioned in verse 7. Truth. Who, where do you hear truth at? Where do you around truth at? The church. Christians. Believers. He mentions in verse 8, faith. People of persuasion, people of conviction, people of reliance. Where are those people? Those people are the church. Believers. Christianity. The church is what Paul is focusing on. Now we said this morning that it's not how bad the world is. He's not talking about that tonight. He's not talking about how bad the world is for the world's always been bad. He's not talking about how mankind, bad mankind is. He's not saying, boy, mankind is evil. No, mankind has always been evil. He's not saying either that the reprobate sinners, uh, that they are sinners, but I tell you the reprobate sinners have always been reprobate sinners. They've always been evil. We find tonight that what he's talking about is this, is the reprobates. And the reprobates in the church. And the reprobates in the church is the professed church. The professed Christians. We're not talking about people who've never said they knew Jesus or reprobates. I'm talking about people who said they know Jesus, but they don't live Jesus. They're reprobates. And what Paul was saying when before Jesus comes, the church is going to be filtrated and the church is going to be invaded and the church is going to be captivated by people that are reprobates. 
And Father, we see that in churches today. We know this morning or this evening that this is a horrible picture. And I said, as I said this morning, those that are practicing church, we are to look at the church and our heart ought to drop. Tonight, we are to have a brokenness within us the true church, the truth of the true of the living God church tonight. We ought to have tears flowing down our eyes. We ought to have a burden in such a way tonight to see that how in the world did God's church get in this condition? How did God's church tonight allow such things to infiltrate tonight that our churches as a whole, our churches tonight as, as one tonight and, and overall is tonight professed Christians rather than practicing Christians and that are to be perilous to us. Paul saying in the last days it's going to be perilous to the real true church of what's taking place in the church. Amen. And so we find tonight as we look at this picture we see tonight the prophecy but I want you to notice the people and we kind of uh, we got through this first one but we'll go on tonight. As we looked at the first one in chapter 2 it says men shall be lovers of their own self. Uh, we find tonight that that really means just lovers of flesh. I did say this and I say it again if you take flesh and the way it's pronounced F-L-E-S the H is silent you take the H off and it's S-E-L-F which is self out of flesh. And Fred, tonight really what Paul was saying is that in the church in the last days will be men of mankind, uh, those who have made professions of faith, they will be people who are lovers of themselves. We talked about how do we know that of self-awareness. If you remember in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, uh, they were naked and they were not ashamed. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible said they were naked after sin and they were ashamed. They now have self-awareness. And tonight, that's what's wrong with the professed church tonight is they're all about self. Self. And we talked about our generation. We talked about me generation. We talked about the iPad. We talked about the iPhone. We talked about uh, in this self of loving yourself, talking about YouTube. And we said to you, why is there a YouTube? Well, the reason why there's a YouTube is because of you. Amen. I mean, so that's just, that's just what it's about is YouTube. We talked about the selfie. It's, can you guess what the selfie's for? The selfie is for self. David, I mean, that's all what it's so far. And I went through all that. And I'm not going to do that tonight. But uh, we talked about this self. We talked about TikTok. And if you look up TikTok, it'll say, it's all about you. I guess tonight, why is that the most, uh, the most popular and the most downloaded app in all the world? TikTok is. We find tonight it's because it's all about you. Facebook. Facebook says it's about yourself. We see about Facebook that it came from a word named meta. Meta means self-referential, making references to oneself. Meta, again, is a titan uh, group of, of gods, a powerful godlike beings in the time of ancient Greece, and that's where meta is from. That's where meta is coming out. Now listen, church. You can get all bent out of shape tonight about your selfies and your YouTube and about your, about your TikTok and about your Facebook. And you can leave out of here in just a moment as you did this morning and say, you know what, who brother think he is to talk bad about those, uh, those things? Can't you use them for good? Uh, can't you use them at all? I guess I'm going to hell if I do TikTok. I guess I'm not going to heaven if I have a Facebook. 
I guess that, you know what, I can't be Christian if I have some sort of, you know, selfie. If I go out there and look and see something and I take a picture of me, I guess I'm the sorriest Christian in all the world. Listen, if you take that ignorant attitude, if you take that tonight to leave out of here, the basic of what I'm saying is this, is the world tonight, the devil tonight, the society tonight, it's all taking your attention and taking your mind and taking it away. It's all in the spirit of self. That's what it's about. It's all of taking you off of Jesus and taking you off of the cross and then taking you off the things that are important tonight and putting you on things that are less important. Let me say it like this. I'm in sales. And in sales, uh, you can do a couple of things tonight. And you can do this as I drive around, as I drive around a lot. And you can listen to tapes or you can listen to CDs or you can listen to the radio or you can turn on... Uh, situations and all that kind of stuff. And so you can do this. You can listen to 610 uh, Sports Radio and talk about how those big babies make a lot of money. Or you can turn on 740 and listen to the conservatives uh, just put down the liberals. Or you can do on 1070 where it's a real more conservative uh, people up there talking about how great and wonderful Trump is and how sorry no good Biden is. And, and so you can listen to that. You can put on music. You can do a lot of things tonight on driving. Now, if I want to progress in my career, if I want to be better than the next salesman, if I want to be uh, the best salesman that I can, I began to take things and enter into my heart and enter into my mind that will progress my career. Is that right? That would bring me to a better state, to a, a state of being able to, for example, uh, if I am going to go, I, tell, I sell tires, and I need to get into this trucking company. I have 100 trucks. There's 18 tires on a truck and a trailer. There's 100, 18 wheel, 1,800 wheel positions. That's big. Yeah. And I need to get in there. But when I go in there, there's a little old girl sitting at the table at the desk called a receptionist. Now, she probably makes $12 or $15 an hour. He's a billionaire. But I can't get to the billionaire for the $12 girl. I say, I'll go in there. Here's my card. Yeah, okay, I give it to him. Hey, I go, I come back. Hey, did you give him my card? Yeah, I gave him your card. Well, how did I know that you did that? Well, she, now she's mad at me. And so now, you, now she's mad at you, so I can't come back because she's mad. So what I'm doing is, is I'm listening to things that's going to help me bypass the gatekeeper. Amen. I'm listening to things that's going to help me to take my career even further. Right. I'm listening to, to, to what I can be better at. Right. Now let's turn it into the spiritual aspect. So you're on Facebook and you're on TikTok and you are doing your selfies and you got your social media popping and going. And you are getting and receiving all these things through your eye gate. And you're receiving all these things through the ear gate. Right. You know you had eye gate and ear gate? And so you're, you're receiving those things. You're receiving those things. And really all that you see and all that you hear will not help you in your Christian walk. None. It will not progress you in Christlikeness. Right. It will not cause you to excel living for God. It's just a waste of time. It's a waste of information. It's a waste of your life. How many hours do you spend on Facebook? How many hours are you on TikTok? How many hours are you on social media? And all you're getting is a bunch of nonsense and junk that does not bring you closer to God. That's right. 
Why don't you turn all that nonsense into reading your Bible, reading a book about a missionary, reading some other books about some doctrines of the Bible, listening to preaching, uh, listening to singing that would exalt the Lord Jesus, that will bring into your life and a spiritual awareness and a spiritual growth and becoming closer unto God and spending three or four or five hours a day. Don't you see how the devil's got the church? And it's all about this self. Lovers of self. Amen. I didn't say all that this morning, but I had to give something different because you'd say I'd be doing the same. So we found this morning the lovers of flesh, self-love, self-rule, self-will, self-centered, self-seeking, self-absorbed, self-acceptance, self-justified, and self-worship. Now, friend, when we get to that place there, we find in that verse 2, it says right after uh, the lovers of their own selves, it says covetousness or covetous, boasters, proud, and blasphemers. Now, everything in those four words are covered with the lovers of yourself. Every lover of their self will be covetous. Every one of them. Now, what is covetous? Covetous is loving something or desiring something that is not yours. And because you are so self and you're so manufactured with self and you're so uh, with self and so in love with self that you feel like that you're entitled, you feel like that you deserve, you feel like that you're owed, you feel like that everything that could be around that you want. Self covers covetous. Covetous could be the love of money, the love of things. Covetous today could be something that you love, and the reason why that you would focus on that and you would try to get that is because you're selfish. But I tell you something else that this selfish or the self-love would create, not only covetous, but it, secondly, it would cover boasters. Because everyone today in this room or outside this room who loves yourself, who's, you do selfies and all the other things about yourself, you are a boaster. Right. Or you wouldn't have sent a picture of yourself. Uh-huh. Right. Give me a break. You're not that beautiful. That's right. You're not that talented. You're not all that. Uh, you, they're going to have to do something on the other side to kind of uh, get, it, get it more glamorous. <laughs> hey man, Brother Larry. Ah, man, I'm telling you, friend, uh, those who are in the YouTube and Facebook under the spirit of behind that of taking you away from God in Christ and taking to yourself tonight, next thing you know, you become a boaster of, of bragging on yourself. Bragging about how pretty how you dance and pretty how you sing and, and pretty on this and that and other. Friend. Hey, that's a nonsense tonight. Yes, but the truth of the Bible is saying tonight, those that are lovers of self are covetous. Yes. Boasters. Is that true? Yes, sir, it is. I'm telling you, it goes right together. Yes. When you find somebody who loves themselves, you'll find somebody who's covetous. Right. They can't ever be denied. And then you find somebody who's a boaster. They're always bragging. They're always better. They're always the best. Now I'm talking about the church. Not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church tonight. People inside the church. 
who love themselves and are covetous and are boasters. Paul's saying that's perilous times. Also, the next word is proud. It just works together. You have lovers of, God, lovers of money, lovers of things, lovers of self, and you become a boaster and a bragger of yourself. And next thing you know, you're proud. I mean, listen, I'm somebody. I mean, I'm telling you, friend, somebody called me the other day and said, boy, I love your post. I, I love uh, you, what you did. I can't even know what they're called, but I've seen it, and I watched it. And, man, I'm telling you, you're the most wonderful thing in all the world. And you're thinking, yeah, I'm a hero. I heard people at work saying, how many followers you got? I got a 1,000 followers. They said, wow, a 1,000 followers, man. I'm telling you, I only got like five. Yeah. And that one with a 1,000 acts like he is a big shot in the world. Right. I just tell them, puke on all that. Uh-huh. They said, get out of here. <laughs> oh, proud. And then blasphemers, is, it comes right here. And so you got love of self. And then you become covetous. And then you become a boaster. And then you become proud. And then you become a blasphemer. What is a blasphemer? A blasphemer of those who speak evil. Now let me tell you something tonight. You start worshiping yourself. And you start looking around and you get covetous. And next thing you know, friend, you're starting to boast and brag about yourself. And next thing you know, friend, you're proud and full of yourself. Amen? You're going to start talking about people. That's right. right. You'll get on that Facebook and you'll get on your whatever it is and you'll start paying. Hey, that guy right there, he thinks he can dance. He can't dance. (laughs) Look at that guy. He gets up there and sings. And I tell you what, it's the worst singing I ever had in my life. You know what, friend? You're a lover of yourself. You're a blasphemer. Uh You're slandering. You're talking about people. You are, you are gossiping. You are, you are doing things tonight that God would call a blasphemer. I'm talking about church. You know in church tonight there's more gossipers in church than outside of church. There's more people in the church tonight that are busybodies trying to get in your business, trying to find out what your life is, trying to find out relationship between your spouse, trying to get into your home, trying to get into your finances. That's the church tonight. Go ahead and spill your beans and give them all out there. Full would do that. Amen. My home is none of your business, and your home is none of my business. Amen. And if God wants me to know about your business, you'll tell me about your business. If I want you to know about my business, I tell you. Is that true? But I'm telling you tonight, what's perilous is the church today is full of people who love self, who are covetous, they're boasters, they're proud, and they're blasphemers. That's perilous. Amen. Blasphemous would be abusive. They're abusive. Most people that are selfish that I know tonight are abusive. If they don't get their way, they say some wise crack. If they don't get what they say they want to do and go where they want to go, they're going to be very rude and very crude. If they don't get their way, the selfish people do, they'll, call, they'll bring out revengeance against you, retaliation against you. Friend, they'll cut you off and cut you down. 
They'll speak to you personally. They won't say that was something stupid you done. That was your stupid for doing it. They attack you personally. That's what blasphemers do and they're in the church. God help us tonight. We see tonight in the way of loving self, loving flesh. Paul said these are perilous times. Can I say number two? Noise are practices of reprobates in the heart, and that's what I just preached on. But there's practices of reprobates in the home. Now I want you to notice tonight the next few things is talking about home. Look what it says. It says disobedient to parents. That's home. Unthankful, home. Unholy, home. Without natural affection, that's home. And we find tonight, uh, in that being said tonight, that there are reprobates within the home. They also within the home are truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, and fierce. That's the homes of so-called churches and Christianity tonight that's perilous. It's a shame, but it's so true. We think about the first one we see here tonight and we think about that the ones in the homes tonight of practicing, they, I mean, of those who are professing Christ, uh, the children who say they know Jesus, the parents who say they know Jesus, the parents that have been raised in the church, the parents that have been told about Christ, the parents that have been made, uh, made a profession of Christ, and the church, it seems, I mean, the, the home seems to have an influence of Jesus. It seems to have some sort of a idea that it could resemble a Christian home, uh, but we're talking about tonight children that are disobedient to their parents. That is not a home tonight where the parents are saved and the children are saved. There's no home tonight that's a Christian home that everybody's saved in that home and there's disobedience. Is that true? That's true. Friend, people that are saved and born again are obedient. They obey. But this is talking about disobedient people or disobedient children in the homes. And so tonight we got to understand what that means. We're not talking about the lost homes. We're not talking about the world's home. We're not talking about the society's home. We're not talking about the culture's homes. We're talking about the church's homes. And the church's homes are full of kids that are disobedient. Haters, I called it, of authority. Haters of authority. Now listen to me, children. If you're in here, you need to listen to what I'm about to say. Your parents tonight are your authorities from God. If you want to know tonight what does God want you to do and what does God expect you to do, listen to me now, it is to obey your parents. That is the authority of God. To obey your parents. It's also tonight your parents are an extension of God's authority. God's authority that goes out on this world. Listen to me children. All the authority that God has of this world. For he owns it and it belongs to him. He gives that authority to your parents. 
And the parents' authority is an extension of God. So when you go against your parents, you go against God. Also tonight, that this authority that has been ordained by God to the parents. Parents, you are the authority. You are in the home, the one that God has given and yielded and ordained and set out that you will take my authority and move it across into your home, parents. We got to know that. And we got to understand what that means tonight. I believe tonight that many of our churches and many of our homes of our churches tonight with disobedient, disobedient children is because the parents haven't taken the authority that God gave them. That's right. That's the truth. They want to befriend the children. They want, to be, they want to be buddies with the children. They want to be on the good side. They want to be where the children can do deals and make deals. They want the children to smile and laugh and be happy. They want the children to live a life without trouble, without any difficulty. They want the children to live a smooth life. That's not life tonight. And We find tonight disobedient children has a whole lot to do with disobedient parents. Amen. We all think we've done right. We all think we've done good. We all think that we did it right. We all brag, brag on ourselves and pat ourselves on the back tonight. And we've got rebellious children in a home. In fact, the fact of the matter is tonight, if we were obedient to God, maybe our children wouldn't be disobedient to God. So we can't just look at our children and say, hey, man, you got some sorry individuals tonight. No, we got to look at ourselves tonight and say, oh, God, I failed you in parenting my children. For you gave me the authority, and I squandered it. And now my children are grown up, and now my children are older, and they're giving me a time of my life. And we look at them and say, all they need to do is be saved. No, Daddy and Mama, all you need to do is be saved. All you need to do is be obedient to God. I'm just saying, in churches' homes tonight, the parents and the children are disobedient. And that's where we lie. That's where we lie tonight. We find in homes of churches tonight of people who go out into the cults. We find in churches of homes tonight that people that just go out and say they know Jesus, say they love Jesus, and they go out and they do the things that they do and live like they do at a homes that say they know Jesus. And the reason why the children do that kind of stuff is because they was never told or never punished. This thing about taking your children and putting them in the corner over here and calling it time out, you need to be put in time out. <laughs> These things about taking your children and saying, you know what, I, I told you once, I told you twice, I told you the seventh time, the eighth time, the tenth, the fifteenth time, the sixteenth time. Don't laugh. I'm serious this time. You got troubles, friend. You know how many times you ought to tell your children not to do what they need to do? How many times does God give you? One time. And friend, after that one time, discipline comes. And discipline comes, it comes to the, in the way tonight of getting your attention and it hurts and it's painful. And tonight I'm telling you tonight that we got churches, homes, haters of authority in them. Where is all the haters of the Bible coming from? Where are all the haters of Christ coming from? Where are all the haters of the church coming from? 
churches, families. That's right. Y'all look at me like, boy, you're crazy, man. I'm telling you the truth. And oh, sorry, no good drunken daddy and a sorry old drug out mama. Friend, they're not going to do any of that kind of stuff with their children. And they're going to grow up. And I'll tell you, the majority of the time, the old drunken daddy will whip the children. And the old drug out mama, uh, she, would, uh, she would cause them to have some havoc too. And friend, uh, it's not them telling the Bible's not true. It's not them telling the scripture's not real. It's not them telling that Jesus Christ has not died on the cross. It's not them saying that God is not real. It's the church who doesn't discipline their children and they grow up under a guise of church bitter with God under the name and label of Christian with a hatred of Christ how many people do you know tonight they say I was raised in church how many people do you know say I know the Bible how many people do you know who say that I believed in Jesus, but, but, that's where they're coming from. We find tonight in this thought about the children, haters of authority, we see the parents are the authority. They are professing Christians in the home. They are professing Christians. Uh, they are professing church tonight. Uh, that word disobedient means stubbornly disobedient. You're not just disobedient, you're stubbornly disobedient. There's a difference. One thing to be disobedient, another thing to be stubbornly disobedient. We find secondly, it means willfully disobedient. You're not disobedient because you you just kind of don't know what else to do. No, you're disobedient because that's your will to be disobedient. Right? Right? The third meaning for this word disobedience means rebelliously, rebelliously disobedient. Disobedience tonight means this, a failure or refusal to obey rules or someone in authority. And the Bible says in this day and this time in the church's homes will be children that disobey and will not follow the obedience of authority. That's perilous. Perilous. It's dangerous. Disobedience tonight includes unthankfulness. When you find disobedient children, you find disobedient, you find unthankfulness. Amen? And when you find a home that has disobedient children, it's usually along with disobedient spouses. Because children watch and children learn from their mom and daddy. And when daddy says, Mom, uh, you're not to do that, and the mom says, I'm going to do it anyway, they say, oh, that's a good way to do it. Uh And when mom says to dad, Dad, I wouldn't want you to do that. Please don't do that. He said, I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And the kids say, well, boy, daddy, that's my hero. I'm going to be like him. And we're talking about Christians' homes tonight where the spouses are disobedient to each other. Wonder why the children are disobedient? Because the spouses are disobedient. They're talking in terms of don't tell me what to do, I'm a grown woman. They're talking in terms as don't tell me I can't, uh, you're not my mother. Right? That's how we talk. And then they say, you know, your little darling child comes up and says, 
the same thing. And you say to your darling child, don't say that. That is disobedient. You're going to get in trouble. Well, mom and daddy, y'all say it all the time. Where's that coming out of? Homes that call themselves Christian homes. Disobedient children. Paul said that's perilous. Perilous. Unthankfulness comes out of the disobedient children. How many children do you know tonight? That are obedient. That are obedient. And there's children out here that are obedient. And we see them. And we watch them. And I'm going to tell you what goes along with obedient children. Versus what goes along with disobedient children. Disobedient children are unthankful. They're unthankful for their parents. They're unthankful for the bed they have. They're unthankful for the rules they got. They're unthankful for the clothes they wear. They're unthankful for the school they got. They're unthankful for the food they eat. They're unthankful for what daddy does. They're unthankful for what mother does. They're unthankful for what the other children in their home, the siblings in their home, of how they are and who they are. They're unthankful of grandma and grandpa. They're unthankful of the church, unthankful of the preacher. They're unthankful of the word of God. They're unthankful of the spirit of God. They're unthankful of the child of God. They're unthankful of the son of God. Disobedient children are unthankful. They never say thank you. I could go around children in this church and we can give them things, we can hand them things, and they never say thank you. You You walk in and they could hit your leg or walk by you, they'll never say excuse me. You give them something, they'll they'll say, you you say thank you to them, they won't say you're welcome. You know why? Because they're disobedient children. And they're in the church. And they're unthankful. Because they're disobedient. But you'll find children that are obedient and they'll say thank you. I tell you, those who are obedient, they'll say, sir and ma'am. Those who are obedient, they'll say, you're welcome. Those that are obedient, you'll find them to say, "Uh, please. But those disobedient are unthankful. Am I right? Unthankful. And we've talked about kids in the church tonight. That children are disobedient. They're unthankful. But what comes with children that are, un- that are disobedient comes unthankfulness. But thirdly, it comes unholiness. So it just kind of, it kind of works together. Unholy means no interest in God's authority, no reverence for God's person, and no submission to God's word. They're unholy. They don't want anything to do with God, yet they're out of a Christian home. They don't want anything to do with God's Word. You say, listen, we're going to have a devotion. Listen, we're going to have a time with God. We're going to get around the table. We're going to get around the altar. We're going to read God's Word and pray. We're going to see what God has for our home and our family. And those rebellious children, those disobedient children, those unthankful children will be unholy. And say, I don't want nothing to do with all that. Amen. How did we get there? How did we get there? You've been saved since the children have been born. How did we get there? How, friend, can we say tonight that it's, it's unbelievable and it's, un, it's just unfathomable. It's, it's a breaking of our hearts. It's, it's difficult to hear. It is hard to take. 
the last days. Do you see them yet? Are we in them? We find tonight of unholiness in the home. Of what you allow your children to look at. And it's not what your children are you allowing to look at. It's what your children desiring to look at. You see, we want to say uh, that our children tonight is really not at fault because they're just young and they want to watch the, the, the they want they want to play those games that kill each other and get a prostitute and and uh, and have murder and and take drugs and, and do a drug deal and steal a car and and they, they want they want to watch those things uh, uh, where there's nudity and there's men kissing men and women uh, kissing women and and you know uh, they want to watch those shows they want to see the cartoons that, that show daddy as a wimp and a mom as a bully you say, well, man, listen, uh, I'm just going to try to try to let them watch what they want to watch and be what they want to be. And, and I'm just trying to help them in life, their own life, in order to be all that they want to be and become. Friend, you're a joke. That's not the way that it works. And we wonder why tonight that we see unholiness in the church, families, and homes. We just took our hands off. We've allowed the TV, we've allowed sports, we've allowed games, we've allowed video games, we, we've allowed TikTok, and we've allowed Facebook, and we've allowed all of these social medias to enter into our home. And we're sitting back here all pious and saying, well, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. You know exactly what's going on. And tonight, Paul says, in the last days, this is the way the family's home will look in the professed. Christians, those who profess Christ. You'll find their children disobedient. You'll find that they're unthankful. You'll find that they're unholy. And we see here tonight as well that it says in verse 3, that unholiness includes without natural affection. Now what is natural affection tonight? Well, natural affection tonight is parents loving children. That's natural affection. That's what it means tonight. Loving children. Parents loving children. Isn't that natural? Tonight it's very natural that a parent love a child. And it's very natural tonight that the parent would discipline the child because that's what love is. But it also would be natural that a parent would tell the child about Jesus. Because they want them to go to heaven. They want them to have eternal life. It's natural tonight that the children love the parents. That's natural. When you have children that don't love the parents, it's unnatural. When you have parents not loving the children, it's unnatural. All of us tonight would, would say that I want my children to love me. Right? Well, children don't know anything about love except what you love them. And if your children love you tonight, it's because you love them. We find tonight natural affection is children loving parents, parents loving children, but not only that, but siblings loving siblings. Natural affection. I'm talking about home. Your girls loving the girls and the boys loving the boys and the girls loving the boys and the boys loving the girls. That's my sister. That's my brother. I take up for them. Don't talk about them. No, mama, no, daddy. No, they didn't do that. I did that. I'm not going to let him get in trouble for something I did. I love them. Right. Right? right? Children in the home 
loving the children in the home. Spouse loving spouse. Is that natural? Yes. Spouse speaking in terms and acting in terms of love. Natural affection. It's natural for dad to come home from work and for the wife to come up to the door and the husband is opened up and the wife plants a big fat kiss. Is that natural? You say, well, maybe a beaver, evil beaver cleaver or whatever that was. Leave it to beaver. Maybe that in those days. Is it natural that as soon as daddy gets off of work, husband gets off of work, that he can't get home fast enough to see his wife and to see his children and no telling of what in the world she's cooking tonight? And coming home with a joy in their heart. Coming home with a desire in their heart. And getting there and there's his wife. And there's the children. And the children say, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And you're saying, I just was gone for eight hours. Right. And the wife says, man, I missed you today. And the husband said, I missed you too. And she says, you know what? I'm so glad you go out and work so that we can have food and lights and water and we can have things. And the husband says, I'm so glad I can because I love to do it and I do it for you and I do it because of you. And does that sound natural? Amen. <clears throat> the follow-up question is this. What happened? What happened? What happened to the practicing Christians? I know you're choked up. What are we going to do? We're going to keep on living like this? We're going to keep on having without natural affection? Just like the professed homes? We say that we're practicing church instead of the the professed church. And yet in the professed church, that's what's going on in the homes. Is that going on in our homes? Won't we change our ways tonight? Won't we be excited about our spouse? You say, well, you don't know what my spouse did. It don't matter what your spouse did. It's what Jesus did. Well, you know what? You don't know what? Nothing. You say, well, you don't know all the wrong. You don't know all your wrong. And many a times, the one who's spouting all that nonsense out, they got a big old tree trunk in their eye. And they're talking about the other one who has a little twig in their eye. Right. Amen. That's right. And you make such a big deal out of nothing. You cause such a problem in the home. You cause such a division in the home. You sleep on the couch. You sleep in the dark. You're away. You don't talk. You leave out. You act like an idiot, like a fool. And you say, I love Jesus. It looks like it. I'm not cooking for him tonight. I'm not even going to talk to him. I tell you what, I'm not going to work today. I'm going fishing. It's a constant battle. I wonder tonight, are we of a church that has professed people or practicing people? Natural affection. If you don't have that within your heart tonight, you better look at it. Natural affection, parents loving children, children loving parents. We find tonight the professed members tonight because what they have within them, it just brings the church 
at odds with the family because of the lack of love. Natural parents love children. Nature or natural men love women. Natural women love men. Natural children love parents. Without natural affection in verse 3, I notice includes truce breakers. We find in the home tonight that not only is her disobedient to parents and unthankful and unholy and without natural affection, uh, but truce breakers. Now what is a truce breaker? I'm talking about in the so-called Christian homes tonight that Paul said what would be before the end of time, before Jesus would come. That's perilous. Well, it means this tonight. It means making promises not intending to keep. How many times in the home of a professed Christian, a professed church member, that they make promises to their home, they make promises to their wives, they make promises to their husbands, they make promises to their children, and they never intended to keep them. You know what you are? Truth breaker. Amen. You say, heathens do that. You say, people out in the world do that. Well, I would say tonight, people in this room do that. How many promises have you made to your family that you ain't kept, Daddy? And how many promises, Mother, have you made that you ain't kept? There ain't no smile on the face. There's no joy in no heart. It ought to be in your heart tonight a hurt and a pain and a suffering. Say, now, God, I'm living as if I don't know Christ. For I'm a truce breaker. The Bible says what that means as well. It means not obligated to keep my promise. In your heart, you're not obligated to keep the promise that you make. You feel like that, uh, you know, I can make it. And if I don't keep it, so what? If I do keep it, so what? It don't matter to me. It don't matter to anybody. Listen, it's my obligation whether I keep it or not. Friend, you know what you are? You're a truce breaker. We find them in Christians' homes. We got children. Daddy, I, I clean up my room later. No intention to do that at all. Wife, honey, sweetheart, last week I gave you a honey-do list. Three items. It's been one week. Can I ask you when you might get that done? You told me you're going to get it done Saturday. Don't you know I work? Don't you know I'm busy? Don't you know things come up? Don't you know I'll get it when I can? Well, listen, big shot. Listen, big daddy. If you're such a Christian, then don't tell your wife you're going to get it. Don't tell your wife that you're going to get it taken care of. I get it done in two days. Because a week goes by and you don't have it done, you're a truce breaker. You say, brother, you're hard tonight. I'm just talking about what it's going to be like when Jesus comes inside the church. Mama making promises. I'll never say that to you again. I'll never bring that up again. I'll never, never, never put you in that position again. Never intending to keep that. Because the first time that she has an argument and the first time she can use that as leverage. And the first time she can find that she can kick that back to him to bring a hurt and a pain in his heart. She brings it out with vengeance. And 
the man looks at the woman and said, you told me you're not going to say that again. You're a truce breaker. Uh-huh. Amen. That's right. You say, Brother Larry, is it that bad? I don't know. You live with them. No. You live with the children who are truce breakers. You live with the spouses that are truce breakers. Is it true? No. Is that how we act and become? Is that what we do? I'm telling you tonight, if you do that at work, you'll be fired. Why do you think you can do it at home and get away with it? A truce breaker is one who no promise is guaranteed. If they make a promise, it's no guarantee. That's a truce breaker. Let me ask you a question tonight. Does that sound like a practicing Christian to you? That's a professed Christian, though, and it's taken place in the home. Truce breaker. Without natural affection. Unholy, unthankful, disobedient children. That's what's taking place in these professed churches' homes. And the professed Christians' hearts is lovers of self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Paul says to us tonight, In the last days, there shall be perilous times. Do y'all see the peril? Do you see the damage tonight? Do you see tonight the pain and the hurt? And do you see tonight the danger and the demonic? Do you see it? Let's stand to our feet, our heads about, our eyes are closed. Now what I didn't say tonight is, it's because you do those things or you have done those things that, that you can't get that right tonight. You can. And I would think it would probably be a good start tonight to maybe look at your family, look at your children, maybe take your whole family at the altar, maybe take your spouse at the altar and say, I need to talk to you for a moment with God. And let's get some things right. Let's not act like the professed church. Let's act like the practicing church let's get it right let's get it right tonight let's get it straightened out let's say God I know that we're in the last days but I'm not going to be that whole I will not I refuse tonight to be that home anybody else tonight come Individually tonight. Maybe your family's not here. Maybe you. I don't want to be part of this this end-time family tonight. This home. I don't want to be there. Just need God tonight. Would you come? Lay it out before the Lord tonight. That you tonight refuse to be involved in these types of situations. Oh, is God pricking your heart tonight? Is God moving you tonight? Do you see the perilousness of this day? This is why our world is the way it is. That's why our culture is. That's why our society tonight is exactly the way it is because professed churches and homes tonight are perilous. Pray. Pray hard tonight. Pray with each other. Cry out to God. God, we are practicing Christians. We are saved by the blood of the Lamb. We are born again. God, help us not to get caught up 
Not to get caught in this self. Not to get caught in this home. You sing, Brother George. Oh, many have come tonight. Would you come? <clears throat> Let's get it straight tonight. You're a liar. That's all you tell is lies. Won't you get that straight tonight? You're full of yourself tonight. Won't you get saved tonight? Won't you come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior tonight? Please, consider your soul. Consider it tonight. Consider Jesus. Where else are you going to go? We're in the last days. The last times. It's going to get perilous. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to head? If you can't come to the church, where are you going to go? You can't become a Christian. You can't become a child of God. Where are you going to go tonight? Your friends? The government? The false cult? Family members? Oh, consider your soul tonight. If Jesus is calling you, if the Holy Spirit of God is wooing you, if the wind of the Spirit of God is blowing on you tonight, oh, make choice with God. Make choice. We got to refuse. We got to refuse tonight to be part of this society and culture. I will not be that. I will change tonight. I'll move my heart tonight. I will not accept it tonight. I will not. I will not, Lord. I see. I see it now. I see it. I refuse. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. Pray. Keep praying. Just keep praying. Confess your sin one to another tonight. Confess it. Oh, tell it all tonight. Let it out. Let it become known tonight that we can get cleansed and purged. Oh, our church tonight can not be part of that professed church. Let me pray tonight as y'all are praying. Let me pray and then we'll close the service. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I do thank you tonight, Lord, for the word of God. Lord, it has spoke to my heart so clearly and so plainly. And Lord, I have found myself guilty of the very things in which we preach tonight. And I'm glad tonight, Lord, that you brought a conviction upon my heart. And Lord, I pray tonight as all these are down here at their knees and crying out to God and begging God, Lord, that their homes and their families and even their selves tonight, Lord, would be different. Father, that they would live a life that's being pleased unto God and, Lord, would not get caught up into this last times and last days. And, Father, I pray you'll give them strength tonight, Lord. I pray, Father, that you'll bring the home's boldness and courage. And, Father, that you'd save their children, dear God, that you'd move in each house and each heart tonight, God, that they would make decision and choice that I'm going to do right. God, I'm going to be right and I'm going to live right. And, and Lord, I'm going to be a church. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to be a believer tonight, dear God, that is according to the Scripture. 
God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you give each home, God, each parent tonight, each child tonight, the very need, the very supply, the very uh, thing tonight, dear God, that it will cause them and create in them of uh, the ability, God, to keep their word. God, to do as you asked them to do. God, that their home would be touched by the Lord and that the power of God would be upon them tonight. God, that we may live in the last days, but we don't have to be part of the last days. God, that we will move out and move beyond. God, we'll be examples and testimonies to those around us. Father, we thank you for God's word tonight and the conviction upon our hearts. We ask you, God, to bless us now as we go home. And Lord, as we find home tonight, may it be sweet and may it be good. And God, may things be off the table, God, and there'll be no tension. Uh, God, there will be just peace and God, there'll be just love. Father, as a home ought to be and should be. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.
Seek the things that love. 